This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Is our health insurance system broken? That's what we're going to discuss on the show today. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Welcome to the show today. Walker Wildman here. I'm your host. Glad to have you with us on the American Family Radio Network. Our website is AFR.net. AFR.net is our website. You can go there, find out all the information you need uh, about uh, the radio network, about the show here, Exposing Washington. And more specifically, you can listen to our podcast or you can listen live both at our website, AFR.net. If you go to our website and you want to listen to the podcast, just click on the podcast link. Then you'll see my show name, Exposing Washington. Click on that. Listen to the past at least 30 days of shows, maybe even farther there at AFR.net. And of course, you can download the podcast uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, on your phone, on your tablet device. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can download the Exposing Washington podcast uh, on your on your smart device and you can have it there whenever you want to listen to it whenever you want to listen to it download it to your device you can also watch the show on youtube just type in exposing washington on youtube so very various ways to keep up with the show glad to have you with us we're going to talk about a couple different things today we got 30 minutes or really technically we got about 27 or 28 minutes but we're going to talk about a couple of different things first We're going to talk about President Trump. Remember last week, the last two weeks, President Trump threatened tariffs on Mexico if they would not get a hold of the illegal immigration crisis at our southern border. And remember, 100%, and this is a rhetorical statement, but 100% of illegal immigration from the southern border comes through Mexico because Mexico borders the United States on the southern side, or the south side, if you will. That's our only neighbor to the south side directly. And so 100% of illegal immigration from the south comes through the southern border. And and technically, you could say some people come in boat, you know, to Florida and stuff, and technically that's correct. But you get my point. You get my point. Mexico... Uh, has a big say on illegal immigration uh, from the south side of the United States or the southern border, if you will. We're going to talk about that. And, you know, we're, we're, I'm also going to talk about these tariffs that President Trump's been threatening, not just on Mexico, but China also, and, and what that's doing. Because there's so much uh, details and so much behind-the-scenes stuff that you're not going to hear many other places and we're going to talk about that. Why? What's the overall strategy here? Why is President Trump uh, uh, threatening tariff, tariffs on various countries? And then we'll talk about uh, the last thing we'll talk about is uh, is our healthcare system. 
and whether our health insurance uh, system in the United States is really that bad or not. Because if you listen to the Democrats, you would think our health insurance system is the worst in the world. You would think our health care system is the worst in the world, but, uh, but it's not. It's not. That's a lie. Uh, only a lie brought about so that the government can take control of the health insurance and even, I would say, the health care marketplace. That's what we're going to talk about. First, let's j- dive into the tariffs threat with Mexico. President Trump two weeks ago threatened tariffs on Mexico. Why? Because they're allowing hundreds of thousands, and that's not an exaggeration, hundreds of thousands This year, it's going to be over a million illegal immigrants to cross through Mexico into the United States. 75% of illegal apprehensions at the southern border are of non-Mexican nationals, meaning they're from other countries. Only 25% of illegal border crossings on the southern border are actually Mexican nationals which means Mexico, our neighbor to the south, is allowing hundreds of thousands of foreign nationals to come into America and cross right through Mexico. And at some, at some points, or, or at times, the Mexican government is even assisting these criminal foreign nationals. That's what's going on. So President Trump said, we're done. I'm done playing games. I'm done negotiating. You fix the problem. Or I'm, I'm, or I'm imposing a 5% tariff. We'll start at 5% tariff on certain goods. What did Mexico do? They said, we'll come to the nego- negotiating table. Mexico flew to Washington, D.C. They met at the White House, the negotiating table. Uh, and here's what happened. Or they actually met at the State Department with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And here is the deal that Mexico reached in two days. Why? Because our president threatened tariffs against Mexico. Here's what they agreed upon. The first uh, agreement was that the Mexican government would send the National Guard to their southern border with Guatemala. At least 6,000 National Guard troops to the southern border of Mexico. Also... The, the, the National Guard is going to be deployed throughout the, the country in Mexico to enforce uh, their immigration laws, which they actually have pretty strong immigration laws. It's just a matter of enforcing it, kind of like our country. The second thing, so that's a good move. The second item that the Mexican-slash-U.S. government agreed upon is something called Migrant Protection Protocols. What is this, you might ask? This means, this, this, this protocol states that anyone crossing the U.S. southern border illegally and, and is also claiming asylum, which is the vast majority of the crossers, claiming asylum, they have to wait in Mexico while pending trial or while their hearing is pending. This is good. Why is this good? Because historically, the past decade or two, because of various horrific judicial rulings, our government has been doing this thing called catch and release because we cannot hold 
illegal immigrants for various reasons for more than 20 or 30 days. Number one, because we don't have the space. And number two, because a, a court some odd years ago said that we can't hold migrant, quote, families for more than 20 days or 30 days. So for various reasons, our government has been releasing illegal immigrants into our country, which means our, our, our jo- uh, low-wage jobs are being taken by illegal immigrants. Health care costs are going up based on uh, illegal immigration in part. And so President Trump uh, struck a deal with Mexico that anyone who claims asylum, they have to go back to Mexico pending their trial or their hearing. That's that's a, a good news item also. And uh, that's those are the two main things that that President Trump are the two main items that President Trump uh, agreed with the Mexican government about. And that's uh, that's where that is. And I just have to say this. We would not be where we are today that what I just read you, that deal would have not been struck. Had President Trump not threatened tariffs. Why? Because foreign governments do not take us serious. And I mean no disrespect to our country, but the way we've operated the past few decades has been a joke. We've been a joke on the national stage. Countries don't take us serious. Why? Because we do not. We play with kid gloves. We play with soft kid gloves on the world stage and President Trump taking off the gloves, starting to play and to negotiate like adults, like he's protecting the United States. And that is causing countries like Mexico to come to the negotiating table and to start to fix some of the problems that are being uh, being committed against the United States, the American people some of the some of the harm that is being done to our country another angle i want to talk about here which staying on tariffs switching countries i want to play clip four here and president trump i believe this clip is president trump is talking about whether uh the tariffs uh against china are helping or not or maybe he's talking about tariffs in general but i want to play This is clip for President Trump. Let's listen. But what will happen is the companies will move into the United States back where they came from. They took 30 percent of our automobile companies, of our car companies. They moved into Mexico. All of the people got fired. They would all move back if they had to pay a 25 percent tax or tariff. They would all move back. It's a very simple formula. Now, that would leave Mexico in an unbelievably bad position. We don't want that either. And I spoke with the president of Mexico. I get along with him very well. And we made this deal. But this is very this is something the U.S. has been trying to get for over 20 years with Mexico. They've never been able to do it. As soon as I put tariffs on the table, it was it was done. It took two days. Well, there you have it. That's President Trump talking specifically about the tariffs that he threatened against Mexico and how Mexico came to the negotiating table. He also hinted at if he were to to put tariffs on Mexico, then country, I mean, companies would begin coming back to America. That's true to a certain extent. Switching over to China, the 
this headline, you know, we see that, you know, even Republicans, conservatives, some some to, to some conservatives, Democrats, pretty much uh, all of them, for the most part, have been criticizing President Trump because of these his use of tariffs. They've been saying this is bad. It's a tax on consumers. It 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 doesn't work. It it's no good. Why are you doing this? Bad negotiating skills. Well, listen to this. This is a study or a survey from the American Chambers of Commerce in China and Shanghai. Roughly one-third of the surveyed American companies in China will cancel or delay investments in the country due to the ongoing trade standoff with the U.S., according to a May, May report. Even more of these companies, roughly 40%, said they are considering moving their manufacturing facilities out of China to locations like Southeast Asia or Mexico. Now, that's not great news because we want the companies to come back to America. Some of them will, not all. Some of them will. But the fact that these tariffs on China are causing countries to leave China is good news. It's good news. It would be great news if they would come back to America. Some of them will, not all. But the fact that they're leaving China is good news, and here's why. China was slowly but surely going to overtake the American economy probably within the next five to ten years. And that means very that's kind of a vague statement, overtake the American economy. But they were becoming very, very competitive with the American economy why? Because U.S. companies were moving over there because it was cheaper to do business over there. It was cheaper to do business over there. But President Trump is causing companies to leave China, which indirectly helps the American economy and helps America in our, in our trade war and our uh, economic war with China because we are weakening China by causing companies to leave there. So that's good news. Another angle I want to talk about here, and you'll hear this anytime you watch the mainstream media, you watch CNN, MSNBC, even watch some of Fox, you will read the headline or hear the, the news story talked about, and they'll say that tariffs are going to cause consumer prices to go up, tariffs are going to cause inflation, Tariffs are going to be a tax on the American consumer. You'll even hear this from Republicans. And I just have a, a study here that shows that that's actually not the case. Now, is that what they teach in economics class? Yeah, that's what they teach. But and, and, and does logic say that companies who have to deal with tariffs raise their product prices to offset the cost of the tariffs? Logic would say that, but is that happening? Not necessarily. This study shows that, and this is a Breitbart News uh, headline, despite the claims of two flawed studies by Federal Reserve economists, 
there's no evidence that consumers are paying higher prices for goods subject to tariffs on steel, aluminum, or Chinese imports. The article goes on to say that the consumer price index rose just 0.1% in May, this past May 2019. Compared with a year ago, prices rose just 1.8% year over year. Then it goes on to talk about the or to cite the the fear mongering going on on the left here are some headlines that you might have read in the past year trump's trade war may soon hit consumers wallets and paychecks nbc news declared in a headline last year another headline tariffs will surely lead to higher prices for imported goods and to a lesser extent prices for non-imported goods that use imported materials. The University of Pennsylvania Business School stated, another headline, the last one, tariffs are about to hit consumers and it won't be pretty, CNBC claimed. But the actual inflation rate or the price, uh, the, the, the raising of prices is not in line with these headlines. Prices are not going up, relatively speaking, any more than they would have even without talking about tariffs. It's just not happening. Why, you ask? I would argue that companies are taking the hit with the tariffs and they're, for the most part, not raising product prices. Why? Are raising the price on goods. Why? Because they want to be competitive. They want to be competitive. And I honestly don't think, with because we have such a competitive economy, even it, domestically, I don't think it's a bad thing if, if consumer prices go up. Why? Because here's what it's going to do. Let's say, hypothetically, you have a, a soda made in China for that's probably that rarely happens but maybe the aluminum comes from China etc and it's being uh, there's a tariff slapped on it then you have an aluminum a soda can that's made in America or made in Mexico or made in wherever and the price of the Chinese made soda can the aluminum there the price on that soda is higher then the American-made soda, what are U.S. consumers going to do? We're going to buy the cheaper made-in-America soda can. Now, that's probably a horrible example, but you get the idea. Consumer prices going up on foreign-made goods or foreign-sourced goods are going to cause the U.S. consumer to look at the, at the products, at the goods, and go, do I want to pay more for a foreign-made good? Or do I want to pay less for an American-made good? Or maybe it's the same price. Would I rather buy American or buy something made uh, uh, overseas? And nothing wrong with buying things made in other countries. I mean, half the things or more that we buy are made in other countries. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, there's nothing wrong with trading with other countries, with buying uh, goods from other countries. But when the other countries are treating us unfairly, it causes us to really need to take a look at who we do trade with and what the trade deals are that are implemented. If the trade deals are free and fair, 
which President Trump has said he wants, then I'm all good with that. But it's, it's, it's wrong when we have these lopsided trade deals that's hurting the American economy, and we continue doing it. And we continue doing it. So President Trump, thankfully, has brought this issue to light, and his, his strategy on tariffs is brilliant is brilliant and honestly this discussion wasn't even had until president trump got into office he brought this issue to the forefront of of american voters and politicians so that we're actually having a legitimate debate about whether we want to continue to subsidize and prop up foreign countries especially ones that are adversaries and i would put china the chinese government in that category moving on here i want to talk about Healthcare. I told you I would. I want to talk about healthcare for a few minutes. And if you watch the Democrats in this primary and they're saying Medicare for all, we want Medicare for all, then you would think that the American healthcare system was in shambles. You would think that the American healthcare system was falling apart. It needs it needs an urgent action taken to fix it, and we have to do something right now. But I would just urge us all to take a step back and actually look at the facts. And the reality is that America has one of the the best in the world, one of the best health care systems in the world. Some of the best treatments, some of the, of the best doctors, some of the best facilities are in the United States of America. Why? Because we've fostered innovation, we've fostered quality care, and we've fostered the value of life for the most part. And so the, so the American healthcare system is actually pretty good when you compare it to other countries. But if you watch the Democrats, you would think that our healthcare system was horrible. And one thing that I want to warn Republicans on across the country is I want to warn Republicans not to buy in to the lie that the American health insurance and the American health care system is in desperate need of repair. Specifically, repair done by the government. The last thing we need is more government intervention in the healthcare market, in the healthcare marketplace, or in the health insurance marketplace. We tried that. It's called Obamacare. It didn't work. It caused premiums to rise. So if anything, Republicans need to offer solutions on how to cause prices to go down. How do you do that? You don't do that by government bailouts or more government regulations. You do that by cutting regulations and by creating and fostering a competitive environment when it comes to health insurance and health care. That's how we're going to do it. And I know some uh, some of, some Republicans would say that because the Democrats are pushing Medicare for all, Republicans have to come up with an alternative. We have to come up with a solution or they have to come up 
with something to respond to those saying we need government-run health insurance. And I do think that it's important to offer free market solutions and alternatives to the left-wing policies of the Democrats, but I don't think conservatives and Republicans need to buy in to the lie that more government regulation and more government involvement in health insurance and health care is going to make things better. I want to play a clip here. I want to play clip three. This is Dr. Mark Siegel on Fox and Friends talking about the horrors, horrors that would come with government-run health insurance. Clip three, let's listen. Not only that, it's not really Medicare. By the time you're done with it, you're looking at a system that's somewhere between Medicare and Medicaid, number one. Number two, you lose all the choice that you have under the current employer-based health care system, which is covering over 170 million people. They're not going to You can't just, have both. You can't have private. And you can't have Medicare. Not private. under these plans. You what can't. Do you, what do you mean choice? What? You can't choose your doctor? You can't choose your health insurance plan. You can't choose your doctor. You can't choose where you go for care. You're dealing with narrow networks. They're, they're going to muscle everybody into supposedly taking So the government could it. send you to the worst hospital, the one that has the worst rating, and you have no choice. Absolutely. Not only that, doctors will be paid about 40% less. And hospitals, listen to this, Ainsley, currently make 85 cents on a dollar with Medicare. All of the research that goes on in medical centers, all of the teaching right. is based on private insurance supporting it. You take that away and you end up with less research, less innovation, less new drugs, less, you know, bright eyed medical right. students graduating. Real quick, real, real quick, I want to play clip two. This is Angelie Earhart on a real life story of this. We think of our parents because many people are taking care of their parents now. My mother had a stroke. You helped me through that. If she had gone to any other hospital in our hometown, she went to the trauma hospital. But if the government said you have to go to that hospital and not this one, she would not have made it. Because the one doctor who could perform the surgery on her brain to remove the clot was at that one hospital and he happened to be on call that night. If she went to another one, I would be motherless right now. We think about our little kids. If something happened to my daughter, I want her at the best hospital. I want her with the best doctors. I don't want the government telling me where she has to go. Well, there you have it. That's Ainsley Earhart, uh, one of the hosts from Fox News. And she's right. If we allow, if the American people allow the government to take over health insurance, which what does that do? It causes them to then start meddling in health care. Because those things go hand in hand. What are they going to do? They're going to start rationing care. Just like the VA is doing, the Veterans Affairs Association, or the v- Veterans Affairs. What are they doing? The waiting lines are months, sometimes years. And it hasn't gotten that much better. President Trump has caused it to get a little bit better. But government run anything, especially some, something as personal as health care and something as vital as health care, usually doesn't turn out very well exposing washington american family radio afr.net's a website stay tuned to afr and we'll be back next week
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.